So Rona is out here saying, y'all going to put some respect on my name. Why? Because Rona is dropping gems, handing out life lessons, and telling us to have several seats. And truth is, we need her now more than ever. Welcome to the Graceful Hustle Podcast, where people of faith learn how to amplify their professional impact. I'm your host, Monique Carkham Edwards, a New Orleans girl who loves seafood, a wannabe fashion stylist, wife, and mother. I'm also an executive strategist, attorney, and pastor, and I'm here to help you get to the C-suite with your soul right. Welcome to episode number 30, y'all, of the Graceful Hustle podcast, number 30, Dirty 30. And in honor of Dirty 30, we are talking about Ms. Rona, Sister Rona. We are talking about the coronavirus. It is out here wreaking havoc across the world. And I want to take a moment to just reflect on some of the good things that can come out of this. I'm a believer in Christ, and I believe Romans 8.28, which says that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So I believe that even in something as tragic as the coronavirus, there's something that we can redeem from this experience if we allow ourselves to. So I want to talk about three reasons why you need this crisis in your life. In fact, the title of this episode, number 30, is Thanks, Rona. So we're talk- going to talk about three reasons why you need this crisis in your life. Number one, Rona is out here forcing some whole life reflection. What do I mean by whole life reflection? Many people don't ever take the time to do a focused assessment and evaluation of their lives. And those of us who have taken the time to reflect on our lives, we typically evaluate and assess compartmentally, meaning maybe there's some life event, the loss of a job, an unexpected expense we can't handle, the death of a loved one, something that is a life event that will force us to take a hard look at a particular area of our lives. So let's say, for instance, there's a job loss or an unexpected expense. It might force us to take a hard look at our finances, or maybe there's a health scare that causes us to evaluate and change our eating and exercise habits, or again, maybe the loss of a loved one could cause us to reassess how we manage relationships. But I cannot recall any other crisis in my lifetime, not Ebola, not the 2008 recession, not the bird flu, not 9-11, not Black Monday in 1987. I can't think of any other crisis, even maybe in the past 80 years, that has forced the kind of whole life reflection that this coronavirus situation is causing. Sister Rona is out here touching, laying hands on every aspect of our lives in some way. Coronavirus is causing people to think differently about their health since people with compromised immune systems are more vulnerable. So many of us are taking more vitamins. We're eating better. We're being intentional about making time to exercise. 
coronavirus is causing people to reevaluate their finances. People are having to identify superfluous spending, and some people are rethinking their retirement plans because their portfolio value has dropped. Other people are thinking about investing in stocks now that the market has dropped and maybe certain stocks are now more affordable. Rona has people thinking differently about relationships, learning to place a higher priority on those relationships that are really adding value to our existence, gaining a new appreciation for seeing people face to face or even being able to give and receive hugs. And that social event that you rolled your eyes at last month because you didn't feel like going, (laughs) I bet you want to go now, right? Rona has us reevaluating things even spiritually. I've had more conversations in the past three weeks about spiritual matters. Is there a God? If there is, why is he allowing this to happen? Is this the end of the world? Is this the beginning of the great tribulation prophesied about in the book of Revelations? I've had more of those conversations in the past three weeks than I have had in years. And for believers, it's time for us to give people help, comfort, and hope. So I can't think of one crisis that has occurred, certainly during my lifetime, that has had this singularly spectacular and broad-reaching effect on humankind all over the world. This is not just a U.S. thing. This is not just a China thing. It's not just the Italy thing. It's all over the world. And Rona is forcing us to have several seats (laughs) and take a good hard look at our lives individually and collectively. Rona is out here like, y'all going to learn today. (laughs) And y'all, this is a gift. We need this. I'm not trying to make light of what's happening with coronavirus, but I do want to put it in perspective. We need this. Listen, maybe you had your stuff all tight before Rona hit, but I know I didn't. And so guess what? Rona is over here getting me all the way together. Yes, I clapped when I said that. Rona is getting your girl all the way together. So the first reason that you, me, we can all say thanks, Rona, is because she's causing us to do some whole life reflection. This crisis is not just impacting our finances, not just impacting our health, it's not just impacting our relationships. It's impacting every fiber, every aspect of our lives. And that is going to cause us to reflect on our entire lives. So that's a gift that we can say thank you, Rona, for. The second thing that Rona is out here doing is she's forcing some hard choices. Hard choices. Whole life reflection inevitably leads to the realization that some stuff in our lives just isn't working. It's not working. Maybe some of those things used to work but now they simply aren't working. It just isn't what we need to be doing in this season of our lives. And those realizations that stuff isn't working are the things forcing us to make some hard choices. I had a client who, she's been working with me now for about a year, but who for at least the last seven years had been financially carrying a family member. And I had challenged her time and time again to make the hard but necessary decision to stop financially carrying this family member because by doing so, she was enabling this family member's fiscal irresponsibility and immaturity. But she just could not bring herself to do it. But now that Rona has hit, 
my client's income is now being negatively impacted and she now has no choice but to cut this family member off because she no longer has the disposable income that she used to have. And if she doesn't cut this person off, she herself could go under financially. Rona forced a hard choice. Today, Lennon and I had to make a hard choice that not only had a financial implication, but it also had an impact on one of our kids. But it was the decision that I knew I needed to make about three months ago, but I just wasn't ready to do it. I couldn't emotionally let that thing go. Barona said, Monique, you going to learn today. <laughs> decision made. <laughs> what hard choice is coronavirus forcing you to make? It may be painful now to make that decision, but temporary pain can cause permanent progress if we allow it to. So the second reason that we can say thanks, Rona, is because she's going to force us to make some hard choices, but along with it, make some permanent progress. The third reason why we can be thankful for Rona is this. Rona could be the crisis that makes you professionally and not breaks you. I'm going to take you quickly through a paraphrase of an ancient story of a young man whose career was made in crisis. In the book of Genesis, the Bible gives the story of a young Jewish man named Joseph. And again, even if you don't rock with the Bible and you don't get down with it like that, just listen to the story. I promise you it's going to help you. So Joseph is the great grandson of the Jewish patriarch Abraham. Joseph's father, Jacob, had 12 sons, and Joseph is Jacob's favorite. Joseph is the favorite. He got all the easy chores. He had a later curfew than his brothers. He was given extra allowance to make matters worse while the rest of his brothers were closed from, let's say, the gap. Joseph was rocking Gucci. Joseph is living the good life as daddy's favorite. And all that special treatment starts to go to Joseph's young head. Joseph not only flaunts his favorite status, but he begins to tattle on his older brothers. And y'all know snitches get stitches. So one day Joseph's brothers tie him up and sell him into slavery and tell their father that Joseph was attacked and killed by a wild animal. So they made up a lie to cover for the fact that they had sold their own brother into slavery. And you thought your family members were rough. Okay. Joseph ultimately ends up in Egypt and he winds up working as a slave in the home of an Egyptian official named Potiphar. Joseph is young, but he has superb leadership and project management skills. So he quickly rises to the top amongst Potiphar's other servants in the home. And soon Joseph becomes Potiphar's executive assistant in charge of all of Potiphar's business affairs. Almost maybe you could call Potiphar, I mean, Joseph Potiphar's chief of staff. So here is where Joseph's young life gets even more interesting. Joseph is young, he's handsome, he's intelligent, he's obviously excellent at what he does, and here Joseph is minding his own business when his boss's wife creates a hostile work environment by sexually harassing him day after day. Mrs. Potiphar was like, I want you. And so one day she grabs Joseph and tries to force him to have sex with her. And to add insult to injury, after sexually harassing and assaulting Joseph, Joseph escapes from her, but Potiphar's wife files a false police report accusing Joseph of attempted rape. So she flipped the script and said, no, he, this Jewish slave, this Hebrew slave tried to rape me. So Joseph, the victim, ends up jailed for attempted rape, a crime he did not commit, but one that was actually committed against him. And if you read through the end of the story, 
through to Genesis 39, you'll find that in the very jail that Joseph ended up in, that jail served as a management training program for his career. So in Genesis 39, it says that God gave Joseph tremendous favor with the prison warden. The prison warden saw Joseph and liked him, saw his work ethic, saw how intelligent he was. And before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. But that wasn't the crisis that really catapulted Joseph's career. While in jail, Joseph ends up networking with another inmate who was a servant for the Pharaoh or the king of Egypt at that time. And Joseph has this God-given gift to interpret dreams. And so Joseph uses that gift to interpret this servant's dream. And the servant is now a prisoner along with Joseph. And so the servant eventually gets out of jail. He gets back in good with Pharaoh. He goes back to work for Pharaoh. So when Pharaoh years later has a dream that no one can interpret, this servant is like, yo, wait a minute, I know a guy. So Joseph is summoned from the prison to Pharaoh's palace where he uses his gift of dream interpretation to predict that a widespread famine, a crisis, is coming, a famine that would affect the known world at that time. And Joseph doesn't just predict the famine, though. Joseph uses his management gift to devise a food storage and distribution plan. And Pharaoh is so impressed with Joseph and his plan on how to handle the famine that Pharaoh appoints Joseph the chief operating officer of Egypt, Inc. So Joseph is second in command only to Pharaoh. So in 24 hours, Joseph goes from being in prison to being in the palace. Nice story, Mo, but what in the world does this have to do with me? And what in the world does this have to do with coronavirus? If the famine hadn't come along, I seriously doubt that any of us would have read about Joseph in the Bible or from any of the other Jewish antiquity historians like Josephus or others. Without that famine, Joseph would have died a well-regarded, well-respected prisoner. He would have died stuck interpreting dreams for fellow prisoners in between overseeing them while they did their chores. Joseph needed that famine. That famine was the very thing that allowed Joseph to put his gift into greater service. Here's my point for you. Professionally speaking, if in this season you fail to put your gift into greater service, you will remain a nice, well-liked, but underutilized employee. We talked last week about how opportunity and opposition go hand in hand. And where there's opposition like coronavirus, there is potentially an opportunity for people like you and for people like me to walk even stronger in the gifts and the talents and the abilities that we have and allow our gifts to be put into greater service for such a time as this. Just like Joseph needed that famine, to give him a stage in order to display what he was able to do. That's exactly what coronavirus could possibly do for you in your career. Where in your career could you step up? Where in your job, where on your role, in your role, could you step up and really be of greater service using your gift with this backdrop of coronavirus as the crisis that doesn't kill your career, but it catapults it. It's not the crisis that breaks your career. It's the crisis that 
makes your career. Three reasons why we ought to be saying, thank you, Rona. Whole life reflection, hard choices, greater opportunity. This has been episode number 30 of the Graceful Hustle podcast, short and sweet, because I got no Rona got us out here hustling. We are moving. We are all trying to make it happen. But I want to set your mind, give you a Monday morning mindset shift so you can start looking at this differently. Yes, it's tragic. Yes, there are a lot of deaths, and I am not trying to minimize that at all. But what I am saying is, for those of us who are still here, God has said, occupy. Do what I called you to do while you are still here to do it. So for those of us who are here, we owe it to ourselves and our fellow mankind to make the most of this opportunity that God has given us. That's it. As always, hope you were blessed by this. Check me out on social media at Speak Monique on Instagram and on Facebook. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Monique Carcom Edwards ESQ. Would love to hear from you. Hit me up and let me know how this episode has blessed you. Until then, y'all take good care and I'll see you at the top.